Hello and welcome back to the Diaries of a Lady Gardener podcast, hosted by me, the Lady Gardener. I am so happy to be back chatting to lots of lovely plant-obsessed people about their stories. From flower farmers and allotmenters to some of the greatest garden gurus, listen to us chat about the things we've done in the name of plants, from our biggest achievements to our fabulous garden fails. This season is sponsored by Mole Valley Farmers, who are all about keeping your garden tidy this autumn. Visit them in stores across the UK or at moleonline.com between now and the 26th of October to make the most of their fantastic offers. You'll find discounts on items like wheelbarrows, lawn seed and bulbs ready to plant for spring colour. So head over to check out these items and many more. In this episode, I got to the chat to the truly wonderful, magical and inspirational Ellen Mary Gardening. She's an author, a wellbeing coach, a gardener, a podcast host and so much more. I came away from this episode feeling like I'd walked right out of therapy and since I've been much more conscious of taking time for myself. So thank you, Ella Mary. You really are the best. I hope that you enjoyed listening to this as much as we enjoyed recording it. And if you've not already, definitely check out the People, Plants and Wellbeing podcast too. Hello, Ellen. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, hello. I'm so excited to be here with you. It's so exciting to have you, especially after we got to meet at Hampton Court Palace Flower Show earlier in the year. I know. Do you know what? When I got to Hampton Court Flower Show, the first I literally came to your show garden first. Like I literally walked there first. I didn't see anything else. I was like, where is that garden? I'm going there. And there it was. And there you were, lovely and bubbly and smiley and so happy with what you've achieved. It was ace. Oh, thank you so much. When I saw you, I was like, you, you know, it's almost like seeing like, although we don't know each other personally, it's like <laughs> seeing your best friends when you see someone from Instagram and you're like, oh my God, it's a friend. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Like people say what they say about social media, but I've met some amazing people through socials. Like I wouldn't be here even doing this with you without socials. Do you know what I mean? And I think like the gardening community is so ace on there. So it is. It's just like, oh, I know you. And then you think you know them really, really well. And you're like, yeah, well, we're the best, we're best friends ever. And like, we've never actually met. <laughs> yeah, it's weird though, isn't it? But I feel like everyone comes across online, everyone that I've met anyway, exactly how they do on social. Whereas I, yeah. I always had this like fear that people, when you might met them in real life, would just be nothing like their kind of like Instagram personality. I but have so met far, a few. I have met a few that have shocked me and I've really? been like, wow, you are nothing like it. But um, only like, I think, I think for some people being on social media is like a confidence boost. So, you know, they might write stuff or do stuff or, or project a, an image of themselves mm-hmm. as being more exuberant or confident perhaps than they really are. And then when you meet them in real life, they're kind of like a little bit more shy mm-hmm. and then, um, but that's fine because I think if social media helps you to feel more confident, then it's a good thing, you know, if you're using it in the right way, that is. But I've only Absolutely. met a few people like that. Otherwise, it's uh, everyone's been exactly, you know, how you would expect, which is really nice. Yeah, I, that's a funny point you mentioned as well, actually, because I feel like before I had Instagram, obviously, I never would have done this because I would never would have had a platform to have done it from. But I would have never had the confidence to sit and chat to people that I had never met face to face before for like an hour, sometimes up to four hours and just like chat about anything that we fancy chatting about. So I do think it's empowering in a weird kind of way. (laughs) 
Yeah, I know I do as well. I think it's good. And I just and the gardening community is is so um enthusiastic and helpful. You know, you don't generally I know there's been the odd thing here or there, but mm-hmm. I mean I don't ever get involved. But generally it's it's just really supportive, you know. So people want to see you do well, you Definitely. know, which is really lovely and that gives you the confidence to do it. And and also of course, let's face it, the pandemic has helped the situation because everyone's gardening everyone's online talking about it and everyone zoomed every day for like years so (laughs) you know we're all more confident at just chatting online with everyone now (laughs) definitely when it's forced to be the norm it's it's easier for it to go into the mainstream isn't it (laughs) exactly exactly um but I think what's really brilliant as well is that it doesn't feel like anyone in the like bubble is not in it for everyone else as well so it's like we could be doing something really similar in different areas of the country but we're both absolutely rooting for each other because like your success is my success because if the more people that are talking about these kinds of things and kind of experiencing the benefits of gardening and well-being and things like that the better it is for all of us exactly you know and we're sharing it which is really amazing and like I think back to when I was um, a teenager and I loved plants but it wasn't cool then like there wasn't Instagram then do you know what I mean there was none of that going on and so yeah. I didn't really say anything I didn't really tell anyone because that wouldn't I don't know what anyone would have said maybe I had other friends that love plants I don't know but I didn't say it you know and then Instagram came along and it was like oh my gosh there's like this whole world of people that love plants and it's the best thing ever um so you know we have all of that you know commonality don't we on socials which is really really lovely and 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 at the end of the day, while we're all supporting each other, the common goal is for the good of the environment. Absolutely. I know we're all helping ourselves and our well-being and we're supporting each other in doing that. But in everything that we're doing, we're helping the environment, you know, so that's like the key point of it, isn't it? You know, so uh, and I love it. I think it's absolutely amazing to see so many people just enjoying gardening. And every time I see a tree planted or, you know, someone posting a bee on a seed in which you'll get loads of this time of year, don't you? Yeah. It's like the best thing because it's like, yes, there's another bee. There's someone else who's planted another seed in, or yes, there's another tree on this planet. You know, it's all good. It's all very good. Definitely. Um, so we've got so much to talk about today from your books, podcast to the plant, people, plants and well-being um exciting project. will we be here four hours though is my question you said you chatted for four <laughs> hours before because if that's the case I might have to warn you that's probably not good <laughs> I don't have four hours today Sammy. you I'm just gonna wipe the sweat from my brow and it's I'm only like... happened a couple of times and it always is with the podcasts that are quite late at night one of them I'm sure started at 9 p.m and then by like one, we were like, we need to go to bed because this is that's not good. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, but that's so nice because it's someone who you got on really well with and wanted to talk to. That's Definitely. lovely. And someone who had been on my like dream guest list since the very oh, beginning. And you nice. know, when it's just sometimes hard to pin people down timing wise. And then once yeah. we got it, it was it was worth the wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if we go right back to the beginning, tell me where your gardening journey began and how you kind of got started. You said about your houseplants, so... Oh my gosh! So I used to, I uh, I used to believe that fairies lived in the bottom of our garden, basically. And, uh, Me too. Was, that, that was my childhood. Yeah. See, isn't that the nicest thing? And I and I don't. I lost that over the years, and this is a minor tangent. I lost that kind of magical feeling. Like I've always gardened, but I lost that magical, whimsical part of gardening. And really, over the last few years, I've kind of discovered that again. And I really like to think fairies do live in the garden. No, I'm not crazy, but it's just a nice thought. You know, I realise that that is 
99% unlikely to be true. But there's this little 1% that means it could be true. And I want to hold on to that. Um, so I used to kind of escape down the end of the garden when I was young. Like my, um, I, my, I've literally just released a new podcast episode for People Plants Wellbeing, which talked about um, my experience when I was young. And I, my dad was alcoholic and it was, it was tough when I was very little. Like, you know, I used to want to get out of the house. And I, but my, both my parents were avid gardeners. And we had like a vegetable patch down the end of the garden. And I used to go down there and just sit amongst the peas and pinch the peas in the pods because, you know, they taste the best then. And I used to imagine that fairies lived under the shed and in the gooseberry bushes, like this kind of whimsical, just take myself away from what's going on kind of thing. And then I used to sit on the shed, on the step of the shed. And my parents always used to say, Ellen, you are not allowed in that shed. That shed is for adults only so I used to think it's because fairies lived there but like later on in life I found out it's because um uh, my dad was brewing beer like I really should have known that but you know I'm, I'm pleased I didn't know about that until much later and I just used to love escaping and then my uncle um who was kind who just such an amazing person he had um a, an old council house garden like really long with low fences and right down the end of the garden he had his own organic kitchen um garden as well and he used to give me a jam jar and then send me off and um, to pick the caterpillars off the cabbages to put in the jam jar because he never used to like spray or do anything you know at all like re really proper good organic gardening and we're talking um 35 years ago so like you know and and he used to have these massive cabbages and yet yeah, some of them were munched a little but there was still plenty you know to go around the fact that there were some holes in the outer leaves was no issue they didn't have to look perfect for Instagram you know they were still <laughs> perfectly edible um and I used to give him back this jam jar of caterpillars and I would be so satisfied I'd be like yay look at me I've got all these caterpillars I have no idea what happened to the caterpillars. Like, literally, I don't want to know. <laughs> but I used to give them back to him. I'm very happy. So um, we've always been gardening. So it's always been a thing. And um, yesterday, I was trying to find some old photographs to um, post um, in uh, correlation with the podcast episode I just released. And I found all these old pictures of me in the garden, like holding like old tools and just standing really happy by like flower pots. And I think they were geraniums. I should have looked closer. I think they were geraniums. Um, so, yeah, it's just always been there. And then my mum had houseplants and I've um, always had houseplants wherever I've lived. And I've lived in numerous places around the world. There's always plants around me. And I just if I don't have them, I don't feel right. Like I don't. If if I sit in a room now and there's no plants, like I don't feel right. Like I can't explain it. It's like, well, where's the plants? It's the first thing I will know. Why don't you have a plant? In here? <laughs> um, I just like it is intrinsic. It's been intrinsic throughout my life and my well-being at various stages. So from being a kid to getting older and and you know just the stuff that adults go through. You know, I've always found that link with plants, and I've always I've used plants you know I nurture plants but actually plants are nurturing me you know so I I can't be without them wherever I am now and um yeah it's kind of like I can't I, I feel like I'm a living breathing plant <laughs> 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 like I guess we all are really in a way but you know um yeah it's just always been there and uh I didn't um when I was at school obviously I didn't talk about it and then my careers teacher asked me what I wanted to do and I was like I don't know no idea 
she said well what do you like and I said plants and she opened up her book and looked through all these list of careers and then said you could be a teacher or a nurse and I was like huh uh, obviously she didn't know there were so many amazing varied careers in horticulture and then I ended up doing the one thing I told my parents that I didn't want to do was working nine to five in an office and I got an office job and didn't know what else to do I was still gardening doing my own thing like playing with my house plants and being this really geekish teenager girl and then um yeah so then I worked in human resources for many years which I found stressful because I didn't think I was really being like my authentic self I wanted to be outside not sitting nine to five in an office with no plants I might have <laughs> and um and I used to crave going to the um allotment so I had an allotment that I shared with my stepdad and he's an amazing gardener as well in fact he taught me so much and we used to share this allotment I would crave going there at the end of the day because I'd find I don't know people would always share their problems with me or people I was the one that had to you know give disciplinaries or make redundancies and all those things and that's not really me but I would do it because I wanted to do a good job and then I would go to the allotment to reset and that's really where it all began with regards to the well-being side of things and then I brought like my experience in human resources together with my experience in plants and now really all I do is try to connect people with plants for good well-being so that's it in a in a nutshell <laughs> it's a lot there's a lot more but that's sort of how it all came about <laughs> that's such an amazing story and there's so much in it I can relate to when you said that you're like a houseplant I find <laughs> that my houseplants I've probably got about 50 they're not quite as beautiful yeah. as yours but as soon as my houseplants start to look a bit weary and like they've been underwatered it's usually when I know that I need to take a little bit of a step back because I've not been watering the plants and I've definitely not drunk any water myself because it's when you're like for me I just I can see how busy I am based on the health of the plants around me that's amazing that's an amazing way to like put it and to connect with your house plants like people will often say well I don't have a garden like will house plants still do the same for me well yeah I mean obviously you won't be outside getting the vitamin d but there's so many things that you can connect with your life when you look at plants that is so true and um, you're you're right <laughs> yesterday I made a really jokey TikTok video which well, I'm not going to swear on your podcast but I did swear within the podcast because this plant had completely died and um, but you're right like I'm looking around thinking there's a few plants here that really could have done with some water by now and now I'm sitting there thinking I've had a really busy week like do you know what I mean a really busy week and it is it, it they it's like they respond to you and you respond to them and you can you can see what's going on in life just be looking at your plants it's amazing isn't it I love how you just put that like that I, I feel like it's it's like a lesson that I've learned only in the last like six months but to be a bit more aware of them because I do feel like they just reflect there's a plant next to me right now that there's just a leaf starting to go and it is how I feel that I'm just starting <laughs> to go but um <laughs> The other thing that I loved was the escape from a nine to five to an allotment. That's a hundred percent how I got into allotment gardening because it was just like a release at the end of the day of like going out, breathing in the fresh air, not being sat crunched over a laptop for eight hours and just kind of, I think it's getting back to what we all did before 
and like sitting there and I, I mean I never sit down and relax because it's just not who I am as a person <laughs> but being at the allotment there's always something to kind of take your mind off things and when there's a lot of stress going on it's the one place where for me I find my brain is like quiet and not overthinking 24 7 so. exactly that that kind of like quietness like we are so busy and there's so many pressures to be a certain way to look a certain way to do things a certain way to fit so much in the day Mm -hmm. and it's like we get annoyed at ourselves if we haven't done loads of stuff within the day you know but that isn't what life is about and we need to kind of remind ourselves and draw ourselves back in you know and when we go into a garden or the allotment like you and same for me is is the only way I could describe it at the time which was a long time before we were outwardly talking about well-being and um, so the only way I could really describe it at the time was that I felt like I was resetting. So like you said, you know, you're standing up tall, you're moving your body, you're getting some fresh air, you're not looking at a computer and, um, you know, all of those things and you're connecting with nature. You know, we use our laptops and we use social media and we do everything in the digital world. Although I did want to throw my phone out the window the other day because sometimes this made things more complicated than like easier. You know, when you're trying to log on to something and it won't log on or whatever and you're in a rush and then, ah, and, you know, it's made things more complicated, really, in in part. But, um, you know, you you we're not designed to sit at a laptop or to be using our mobile phones. That's not what our bodies or our minds are designed for. So I do believe in a balance. Like, I'm not saying don't use it because I do use it. Mm-hmm. But it's really important to have a balance. If you are sitting down and you're working or you're stressed out or you're looking at a screen or you're hunched over your desk, like you said, you know, spend some time outside at the end of the day because that will help you to get that kind of reset mindset, you know, and then you kind of feel like you can go home and tackle the world the next day again which is really nice so trying to kind of get that balance between the two I think it's um the awareness as well like I never think about how much time I'm spending scrolling through a screen or like with all the hours that doing emails through the day like at a nine to five you kind of know that your nine to five is at a screen but now that I'm not at a nine to five I found a couple of weeks ago that I was just so absorbed by scrolling through Instagram and scrolling through Vinted and scrolling through Facebook Marketplace. (laughs) And I was in such like a vicious cycle of just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And then my screen time report came up for the week and I was horrified. I was like, God, (laughs) I've spiraled here. Um, And then I deleted that Instagram app for like four days and felt so much better but it was one of those things where until that screen time report came up I wasn't even like consciously aware that I was so deep into like a hole of screens and I was like I've lost all my productivity I'm not getting anywhere near as much as I should done and in this like busy culture where like if you're not busy 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 you're not doing it right (laughs) Um, it's funny isn't it yeah and it it was just yeah um, I think I'm learning a lot about myself recently (laughs) Uh, I love that that's really good though like you you know you've changed what you're doing and you're it's it's almost like it's self-improvement accidental do you know what I mean and if you can recognize that that's happening and you're making these changes then you are improving you know yourself and creating your own balance like I love that that's that's I, I and you found out through gardening yeah. you know isn't that amazing I just love the gardening and the plants so much and like I've only been doing well, I say gardening full time. I still do freelance PR and other bits and pieces to make the money in the meantime. But I just feel like a lighter, brighter person because of it, because it's it's like we're not meant to be cooped up inside all day. 
we're meant to be outside and kind of like engaging with what's around us and as well the amount of people that you connect with when you're outside like on the allotments there's lots of people there or like I've started going into schools and it's amazing to talk to so many different people from different perspectives and kind of I just think that everyone's excited about gardening even the people who aren't dead into gardening now they're kind of like we know that it's like it's on the brink of our kind of next chapter of our lives but we haven't turn the page yet so it's like talking to those people and seeing their excitement for and I'm excited for them about the fact that they're just about to discover what we discovered a few years ago (laughs) yeah like that first like that initial kind of oh wow I really love plants or I've really enjoyed taking on my new allotment or I created my first garden bed or I planted my first rose or whatever it might be yeah it's really exciting like and a couple of years ago so during the um 2020 um, a friend of mine had posted online, look, I've grown my first carrot. And she was so excited. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Like, I've, like, wished for this for so many years. And now people, I I do think that things, like, come around. Mm-hmm. And you, I don't think it's possible for humans to carry on in the way that they are, and um, not just because of the environment or anything else, but because there has to get to a point where we can't cope anymore. Mm-hmm. A human brain cannot have all this noise in their head all of the time, constantly, and then get busier and busier and busier and expect more and more and more. It's, it, it can't, it doesn't work like that. So I think, you know, there's a point for everyone where life just gets a lot and then yes. they find something that just take, gives them a step back. And it might not always be gardening, you know, it might be some other hobby that they enjoy. But for the mo- most people will find that 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 link to just c- kind of drawing themselves back in and learning about themselves and taking time out is gardening or nature, mm-hmm. you know, you know, or going for a walk, more long walks. And that could be on the beach or, you know, in a in a forest in woodland. And then that sparks that initial, oh, I really like being outdoors kind of thought process and why these trees are really lovely maybe we'll plant a little tree in the garden and then you go out into the garden and plant a little tree in the garden and and then it'll be oh, I, quite, I quite like it out here maybe we'll plant some I don't know geraniums you know whatever <laughs> it might be I picked that because that's often a very first plant that people will get for like their baskets and stuff and then and then that kind of and then it triggers something in you you know so it's a process and then other people will just go, oh, my God, I've had enough of all of this crap now and uh, I'm going gardening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's it. And I'm taking on an allotment and I'm going to do it all and I'm going to be amazing at it. Um, but we can't, as human beings, carry on as we are. So there will be a point where where, where it will turn around for sure. Mm-hmm. I think that this is a perfect point to talk about um, people, plants and well-being and the amazing things you're doing there. I'm so excited to have a new podcast to listen to it's on my I've got it downloaded and ready for my walk this afternoon um but the podcast is obviously the newest edition but it's been going for a little while uh can you tell us a bit about kind of what you're trying to achieve and what will be involved yeah so I like everything as I said before I try to just connect people with plants and I find like mostly people connect with plants via people like whilst we want to be outside in the garden you know and and enjoying nature and time alone or time with the community like garden gives you all of those things doesn't it um we 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 learn from other people and from our experiences and with 
um, kind of the mental health crisis that's going on at the moment, people can feel very alone. Like they feel like their experience is the only experience, like no one else. I know your experience is your own experience and it has its own individuality, but it your experience will be very similar to somebody else's. There will be someone else that's had something like that. There's not like billions of people on the planet, you know, and someone hasn't had a similar experience to you. So you're never alone. So back in 2020, at the beginning of the pandemic, I just decided to ask some people to um, write some uh, like blogs, if you like, about their experience with plants, how it's helped them for ther like therapy. Um, and I put that on my website and called it like the wellbeing studio, just a place where people who were at home locked in could read about other people's experiences of gardening. And um, and all of a sudden the hits on my website went like literally through the roof. And I was like, what's going on here? And so I, I added some other stuff like, you know, plant based recipes or podcasts you could listen to or. Um, even health and beauty, like people who are using plants to create toiletries or just all kinds of different stuff. And I and then I was thinking about, oh, I'm going to call it like a name, give it a name. And um, I couldn't think of a name because I'm literally not creative in that way whatsoever. But actually, all it was was people, plants and well-being. So I just thought, well, I'm that's just as simple as that. That says what it is. It's about people. It's about plants and it's for their well-being. So called it people, plants, well-being. And then um, after the pandemic, and you know, my priorities have changed a great deal as well for, you know, one reason or another. And I just decided to expand it. So it's like its own consultancy. It's actually like its own business now. So I found it its own space and I've been working with like nutritionalists and other um, horticulturalists and um, PTs and all kinds of people who in the plant-based world and um, created like peopleplantswellbeing.com, that's the website. And we are going to be providing like wellbeing retreats that will all be plant-based. So like on the retreats, it might be a mindful gardening, forest bathing, fungi foraging, all the food would be plant-based. Um, and, but also I'm very keen on this, like, I think you can really help yourself by meditating and a bit of spirituality and just connecting with that side of our being that we we don't do enough. Um, and I think the garden is a spiritual place. So to me, it's all connected. So we're going to be doing stuff like that on well-being retreats, which might be like two or three nights. or it might just be a day retreat, like all kinds of things we've got planned. Like it's literally epic. I can't even get my own head around. I'm so excited. I am um, also then... so excited. It sounds like <laughs> my retreat. <laughs> Yay! I hope you can come on one for sure. Um, and then we're going to, and I trained in wellness coaching. So my HR background meant I had a few qualifications anyway, but I done cognitive behavior therapy, wellness coaching and social and therapeutic horticulture as well. So uh, providing wellness coaching one-to-one. -one. Um, and then over the past few years, I've done a lot of well-being talks for corporate companies like banks and um, construction companies who have been um, attempting to look after their employee well-being. And um, and then afterwards, they're always like, what other services do you provide? And at the time, I was kind of like, well, you know, just the talks. And I was like, hang on a minute. Obviously, there's more to this. So we've put together like a load of stuff for corporate well-being as well. So uh, to help employees and um, help them, you know, find their way in life and enjoy their job. And quite frankly, if they're not enjoying it, leave and do something that they love. So corporates will hate us, but also love us. So, <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, it's basically well-being, but everything, all of those things, plants are at the core of it. That's not a pun. Like literally everything will come back to plants and nature. So all I would like if someone has issues with their career or their relationships or whatever it might be, everything will be brought back to how you can work through that through the power of plants. Um, and then I've just released the podcast, which is People, Plants, Wellbeing as well. Really, the first two episodes are just an introduction, introduction to what it's about. And then the second one is a little bit about my background um, my experience of um, gardening when I was younger and how important that is. And then from now on, we've just got loads of amazing guests. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Oh, it's going to be <laughs> so good. I've never bitten my nails, but I feel like biting my nails now. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, new podcasts, I just, I, I feel like once you discover podcasts, you kind of find all the ones you like and you binge them. And then you're like, no, I've run out. I can't find another one. Like, I've really struggled to find another one that I'm like fully hooked on. So I'm just waiting week to week for new episodes to be released of the ones I loved but now I'm so excited to have another one to add to the list because it just needs like for me I need like four or five hours of podcasts a week because it's like my travel time and that's what I like to do on my travel time to kind of like keep my brain occupied so cannot wait to listen yay thank you I like the first few episodes are only short so 15 minutes long because I don't think I need I, people want to just hear me blabbering on all of the time like they want to hear cool they guests. do so, they do <laughs> I don't know um and also it's like I don't know like I've done the plant-based podcast with Michael for years now and that's been wildly successful and mm. I it's so much fun and you can bounce off someone like we just enjoy it so much and um, so then to go and do one on my own, it's an entirely different topic because it is all about well-being, which the plant-based podcast touches on, but not generally. Like mine is all about self-improvement and self-help and but through plants. Um, and but doing it on your own is totally different. Like I don't think I could talk on my own like for longer than 15 minutes. No, me neither. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like you need someone to sort of, talk with right so yeah the little episodes will be in between might just be me for 15 minutes but other than that yeah we have some really cool very cool guests oh can't wait so is it a weekly podcast uh yeah it'll be weekly it will be weekly but I'm also not going to uh promise that okay (laughs) I plan on it being weekly yes but also I you know, I'm extremely aware of my own well-being, and mm-hmm. if it gets too much, I w- I will not record. I will yeah. do it at another time. Like I don't, I've just, I don't know, got too old to be worried now about what other people might think or expect. You know, it's really important that you look after yourself. So if I feel like I've had a super busy week and I just don't have time, then I won't feel pressured to do it because people and are waiting. I think that's a huge lesson for everyone is that you've kind of got to learn to serve yourself first and then mm-hmm. what is it you can't fill from an empty cup I think is the same yeah well, and it's that so is true. absolutely right you can't can you like if you I always think if you want to give your best and do your best you have to come first you you have to I I only want to put out there information that's interesting that's relevant that I think people will want to listen to that will help people like I want to serve you I want to serve people but in order to do that I have to serve myself like and I and I didn't really 
do that or think of that for many 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 years and like I was tired and stressed out and I'd have a short temper like I'm half Irish and half Italian like I can just go at a moment's notice but I don't really do that anymore because I look after myself first and you know in the past you think that sounds really selfish but it isn't it's important because then you can be your best self for other people I think that that's quite like an emerging topic though is where people keep keep saying like oh that sounds a bit selfish or Mm -hmm. and you're like but if I don't look after me no one else is going to like yeah. you, you have to let it's like a, a skill to learn because we're all so polite British like oh no yeah. no no I'll do everything you ask me to you're like I'm a proper yeah. yes man but yeah. ultimately you have to take it back to like a lot of people I find they'll take 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 and you love them so much that you want to give them everything you possibly can but a lot of the time they're not giving you anything back so you might be really helping them but they're so yeah. absorbed in their bubble that they don't have anything to give you so you have to give yourself something to a hundred percent that's so that's so so true and I've I've spent years doing the right thing for people like years doing everything I could do for other people and I still feel like I think some of us are maybe more um like that like I want people to be happy I want people to I want to help people I want to do good and I don't think that will ever go away but I spent so many years doing you know the right thing always for people and never getting anything back and it's not about getting anything back but if something isn't serving you then you don't need it like you shouldn't because that's negative because you can carry on giving and giving and giving but inside you know you're, you're not receiving anything back you know and I actually stopped doing that some years ago not that maybe I don't know maybe three or four years ago like I just stopped doing it and it's interesting to see what happened like some friends have kind of almost fallen by the wayside because I'm not the one giving 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 and others have really stepped up yeah so you sort of learn who 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 you who bring positivity who brings positivity into your life and who doesn't definitely And, and all of those things again can be linked to plants and gardening you know, some plants give you a whole lot and others, well, quite frankly, I can't be bothered with. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> but it's important to look after you and you can do that when you're in the garden. Definitely. Um, so this feels like a good segue into your amazing books, of which you've recently had a new one, um, How to Grow a Garden, which I think is just perfect, especially for this kind of time when a lot of people are just starting to get into gardening. Um, and there's not there's not loads of support when you're a newbie gardener obviously Instagram is amazing it's an amazing community but we found I've had this chat a lot this week actually there's a lot of families that come onto the allotment and they take on this allotment and they're like it's going to be brilliant for the family and they do it for one weekend or two weekends and then family life gets in the way they don't know what they're doing they have no idea where to start and then the allotment gets completely overgrown and they give it up six months later but it's kind of like those little nuggets of information that you can give to people uh on like how much time they can dedicate to it what you can do in that time and the kind of easiest way that's going to work for them which I think is why your book's so great because it's not a you have an allotment and this is the way to grow it it's kind of like a, there are lots of different ways you can do things and here's here's lots of ideas to get you up and running thank you that's really nice um I I don't know why I always get really embarrassed when I talk about my books <laughs> that's like I'm like the worst seller ever like I don't 
I, do, I should never work in sales. <laughs> I am. Um, yeah. So I like after the joy of gardening, the publisher just said, let's write a beginner or let's write a, a gardening book and um, like a how to garden book. Or, I know that's what it's called, but we were kind of like, how, what, what would we write? And there's so many gardening books out there and they're all amazing. Like you'll get tips from every single gardening book. Mm-hmm. There's always something that you would learn. But I hadn't seen anything that was really basic, as in, how do you read a plant label? Like, I, I, I sat down and thought about all the questions I've been asked from newbie gardeners over the past couple of years, mainly my friends and family or, um, or online or via. Uh, sorry, Shannon, I'm just in thrips on my plant. I've got a house plant next to me and oh, I can no. see bugs on it. And now I can't concentrate. And I'm like, <laughs> I can see thrips. <laughs> sorry oh my gosh what a um, nightmare <laughs> I know I was, I was just looking I can see these little black spots and now I can see that they're thrips which has really now stressed me out right okay anyway sorry and I was kind of like what questions have they been asking me and um it was things like what is this little symbol on the plant label you know and I haven't seen a book that describes that do you know what I mean or really easy tips to learn like where the sun lies in your garden because you know we all do it we all go to the garden center and buy the temptation plants because we can't help it and then we don't know where to put them or they don't grow because we've got a shady garden and they need full sun and all those kind of things we've all been there and um it all happens it still happens now like I still buy plants sometimes I just really love it I've got to take it and I'm gonna have it but my garden's shady but I'm gonna give it a go anyway yeah um but we can help new gardeners to, you know, ease into it a bit easy for there to be no pressure or expectation again and just have those really simple tips, you know, of, of what I wish someone had told me, you know, when when I was younger. So it, I then decided that we were going to how to grow a garden, which is the name of the book, going to literally go through how to grow a garden like again like like people plants well-being is like literally that's what it is going right from the beginning and as an experienced gardener it's really difficult to actually think about all those things that you don't really think about anymore so I would literally walk into a garden center and stand there and be like right if I was brand new what would I do right now what would I need to know so like what all the different pots you know like you might pick a ceramic pot but that isn't the pot that would be ideal you know for your garden or Mm -hmm. whatever so yeah it's like a real back to uh basics and I even reminded myself of a load of stuff that I you know don't do anymore so yeah it was just like all back to basics and what I did really learn throughout the process of writing it is that you know what gardening isn't about the outcome like the outcome will come um, as long as you are enjoying it, it's about the process. So for our own well-being, it's about experimenting and trialing things and and just enjoying being outside and growing plants. It isn't about whether you actually end up with the sunflower or the pumpkin. You will because you're learning and you're growing and you'll enjoy it. But it's about being outside and doing this amazing hobby or lifestyle or job whatever it might be in horticulture where you are enjoying the full process you know from sowing that seed you know to thinning it out and putting it on hardening it off and watering it and nurturing it and then watching it grow and then harvesting it it's about the process not the outcome and that's really what the book taught me very much so 
So, and it's about gardening with the environment in mind and for your well-being and for the greater community as well. So, um, yeah, I'm really, really pleased with the book. The um, illustrator Kadja has done the most amazing job. It, uh, like I could, it, she's brought it alive. So I feel like, well, I wrote the words. Kadja has really brought the book alive. You know, the illustrations are just so amazing and they're so perfect for what I had envisaged envisaged you know what I mean like that kind of bright colorful fun but chill relax all in one so that's how to grow a garden yeah um I don't know what else to say <laughs> it is such a beautiful book and I think this Christmas especially is going to be an absolute winner yay I hope so I really please go buy it um and also do you know what for authors and I've asked like a million times it is so important to leave a review on whatever platform you bought it from so whether you got it in waterstones or some other bookshop or amazon like leaving a review even if you don't write a review but you just give it like a star four or five stars would be great thank you um would be amazing because um it gets the author scene and the book scene and whilst um obviously all authors want to sell their books and a lot of work goes into writing them that book specifically I want more beginner gardeners to to see it so the more reviews the more people will see it because it will come up on their feed or adverts or whatever because I I think it can really help definitely and it's that spreading the message like I'm I'm not an author I'm not going to be writing a book about it but if my five-star rating pushes it just slightly further up in the charts so that other people see it then it's it's that kind of like helping more people to get involved Exactly, that kind of community thing that we've kind of got going on in the gardening community. So, yes, that would be really helpful. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, it's an amazing space, but I would say definitely only go for the five stars. We don't want any four stars. Okay, well, I was. It deserves the full five. Thank you. Okay, five. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I would love to go back to talking a bit more about your growing space that you grow in currently. Um, Like, what what, what site? Triple of my worst. What size is it? What's the weather like? Um, what has been like a real big success for you this year? Okay, so I've my allotment is my little haven. So that's um, it's two half an allotment, and um, that make a full size plot, but they're split because um, our site has a lot of uh, full allotments split in half, so that more people can have them, which is great. But there was a half an allotment and I'd been there for three years and no one would take it because it was such a mess. So I spoke to the council and I was just like, I'll take it if no one wants it. And they said, we've shown so many people that plot and no one will have it. So I <laughs> took it. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a very sandy soil. It's very half of it. Well, half of the plot is full sun all of the time. And the other half is shaded by an enormous apple tree and some hawthorn hedging. And um, the apples mainly end up on the floor rather than on the tree. But it's so old, but it's so beautiful. So um, it's no dig. So I just layer um, mulch on every single year and let nature do its thing. I have like a pond and I grow just about cut flowers and all the fruit and veg I can possibly grow. Um, when that's my haven I go there I don't care if it looks perfect or doesn't look perfect that's just my place to go and what grows grows but for some reason my plot is very good for brassicas considering it's sandy soil 
and but I think just no dig is amazing and mm -hmm. lots of uh, I watched in the dry weather lots of allotment and neighbors kind of continuously watering and the weeds are still growing and all of this stuff and I was just like you know chilling out on the block because like the mulch was retaining a lot of the moisture I'm not saying it was perfect by any means but it was better um and then at my house I have a small like postage stamp front garden which is straight onto the road but it's just full of pollinator plants so um and looking out there at the moment just like things like Mexican flea bane and um, bee balms and salvias and echinacea um geraniums hardy geraniums and there was loads of hollyhocks in the summer there's a buddleia which people hate but red admirals are literally all over it so um and then the back is just patios it's all containers but I live in North Carolina half of the year so I have a balcony in North Carolina it's about 40 foot so it's quite big and it's all in containers and it is roasting hot so like the it is it's completely different. I know we've had a hot year in the UK, but it isn't a patch on that balcony in North Carolina. And it's also very humid, which gives you the opportunity to trial growing like different things that, to what we've been able to grow here. So, you know, I've got lots of canna lilies and a banana and a hydrangea that didn't like the weather whatsoever. <laughs> it got moved into a shady spot and it's doing a little bit better. Um, and just uh, like celosia and coxcomb grow really well and coleus grows really well there as well and um, my husband has to water it so I'm obviously not there all year and he he like consider we've been married 20 years this year and he's not a gardener still like I'm still <laughs> working on it um, but I get really stressed when I leave because I'm like, he's not going to remember to water it. And it isn't just about watering, is it? It's about looking at the plant and seeing what it needs. Do you know, you know what I mean? And that he doesn't really do that bit. And so I got back in the Acer that I'd been looking for for about a year that I finally bought was like a crisp oh, because no. it had been put in the sunshine. So it, all the leaves are just completely crisped up. Um, but it's an entirely different environment. I've got a veggie pod on there as well. I've actually got a veggie pod on the balcony yeah, with loads of herbs growing in like pineapple sage and basil grows really well there and coriander so I basically it's a mishmash and then I have houseplants at home in the apartment in North Carolina and here like I said there's just basically plants everywhere like I <laughs> just it's just like plants <laughs> you have really made the most of all the spaces though I I love the variety <laughs> It's also completely bonkers because it does take so much time. Mm, like we imagine. have to have like the reality of it is you do have to spend time when you want, you know, when you garden. Like you can't just plant plants and then leave them. Like it, you you do have to spend some time looking after them. And it, it basically it's a good job that I love it because uh, yeah, there's a lot of plants. <laughs> <laughs> and so, who looks after your allotment while you're in North Carolina? Well, interestingly, the allotment doesn't need a lot of looking after. So no dig keeps the weeds down and has kept the moisture in. Now, during the summer when I went to North Carolina, only for a few weeks, my allotment neighbour, when he was watering, watered the vegetables that needed it more than any other. Mm -hmm. So um, they all done fine. Like I wasn't, I'm not really away that long in the summer. 
I'm away over winter so oh, okay. mostly over winter so mm-hmm. I'll go back mid-October and I'll come back before um next spring I always come back in time just for seed sowing like I have it nailed now um and it doesn't really need too much I have some friends that will pop down there and they will cut back the dahlias and mulch them for me because I leave them in the ground and there's a whole load of winter veg which friends will either go and harvest um or some will still be there when I get back like the parsnips will still be there when I get back the kale will still be growing when I get back so generally it doesn't need too much during the times of year that I'm that I'm not here but I was really thankful to some um allotment neighbors for watering in the greenhouse while I was away in the summer but otherwise no dig all the way because it really does help and this is my this is my fourth year no dig so like the weeds are are mint right minimal like it's really done a good job now I feel like no dig is just one of those magic it's like a magic yeah process that I'm only maybe one year in with some beds and two to three with some of the others but you can just you can see it by eye the difference between dig versus no dig my lawn was barely watered over the summer because we had no water um but the dahlias and the the ones that were a few years old absolutely thrived and they were all fine with no water but the newer ones you can see that they're they didn't quite yeah well struggled a bit yeah and Mm. I but you know what I think every single year there is a different environmental Mm. issue (laughs) you know like it's too hot this year but it's been cold and wet other years and that's what gardeners face and that's what we have to be adaptable to and you're right, like some of the, my newer dahlias have crisped up a little, crisped up a bit now and aren't looking so well, but some of them are absolutely fine. And, you know, you sort of win some and lose some. And I think that's how you learn. And you're, every year is an experiment. So I'm not by any means saying that my allotment is perfect. No dig or not no dig is, you know, there's some weed, sure. But it it doesn't need much to, to keep it growing, you know, mm-hmm. or to keep it thriving. Yes, I will lose some, but in any given year would lose some to whatever weather condition that year is yeah. or, or life maybe you haven't been able to go see a lot of them for a few weeks you know because life takes over and something didn't get watered and then it, it's not thriving like that's just gardening for you you know but overall I totally recommend no dig and this being my fourth I think I'm coming into the fifth season now and I'm not mulching it this year I'm actually not mulching it because it's still got a lovely layer of mulch on it I don't think Amazing. it needs it so I'm gonna leave it and see what occurs next year <laughs> um so while we're talking about things that have died have you had any like major garden fails over the years that is something that just sticks in your memory um major gardening fails over the years um let me think I can't think of anything like that's been like huge I'm I'm there's plants that I've grown that this isn't really a fail, I don't think, but why do I grow cucumelons? Like, what's the point? <laughs> why does like, anyone it, grow cucumelons? Thank you. I finally found someone that thinks the same thing. I love that. It's like, why? Why? And then for years, I'd be like, I'm not growing them next year. It's totally pointless. And then next year, I'd sow them. And to, I've got to be honest, the same thing as a runner beans, if like, I'm honest. Like, I've still got runner beans in the freezer from last year I haven't eaten. Like, yeah, like come on. Like, and then but I still sow runner beans. Like, what why? Like, I don't need them every year. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, they were rubbish this year. And they didn't grow so well with, with little water. Um, but I think it yeah, I don't really think I've had I can't think of anything that's been really bad. 
um apart from things like our lawn that I spent actually my husband had spent a bit of time on the lawn um we'd got like a wildflower area up the back where we let all the grass grow long and then I'd sown some wildflower seeds and I had like oxide daisies and um red campions and um muskmallow growing up and it all looked really beautiful and the rest of the lawn we tried to keep neat and tidy and because we had dogs as well and then we got a new dog who literally ripped the lawn up like literally ripped it up it was and it was muddy and it was disgusting and there was literally nothing we could do about it but that wasn't very good (laughs) (laughs) and I can't think of anything major that's totally fail but I think it's more my failure to resist temptation to sow seeds that I don't need <laughs> um see I don't say runner beans because I, I I just don't love them but the cucumelons yeah. every year they get me and I don't I don't <laughs> like eating them I don't have any no. friends who like eating them but every year someone will message me this year someone's been sending me like progress pictures of their cucumelon throughout the year <clears throat> and I still had one and then it it died in the in the drought but there was yeah. one tiny cucumelon on it. And I was like, why do I bother? Like, I don't, <laughs> no one likes them. It's just because they look cute. They like, they draw you in. They then... do, they draw you in. And it's like, they're called cucumelons. So they've got to be amazing. Like the name makes them sound like they would taste ace and they would be ace. But like, they're not. <laughs> no. They're not. Melons, but you know, what, 100%. Whatever. Melons yeah. are an absolute winner. I think if you can grow 100%. melons, definitely yeah. do. But the cucumbers, I just they are okay. If like, I pickled them one year, and they were they were okay. But I was like, I would still rather pickle yeah. any other yeah, type of cucumber. Something else. Yeah, I co- I completely agree. Like then, I just don't know why. I don't I don't know why. What what are they for? I don't I, know. I don't know. <laughs> They're really bashing poor cucumbers. Um, but what you said about melons, um, I have uh grown melons for a few years last year I had like off one vine I had five but this year I've had eight. Oh wow and they are so good and outside as well I grew them outside uh, it's a bit of a sun trap so I had sunflowers growing around um and then like the sun was right on the melons and um, my neighbor did water them while I was away for a few weeks and they have been amazing so that's a good success you know what I don't want to say I haven't had any failures at all because I will have had and I will have had tons and tons of them but I never really dwell on it like I yeah. just see it as a like, it's just like part of gardening so I probably just don't really remember but yeah there would have been tons because that's gardening that's part of the fun to be honest yeah I always think it's where I learn the most when a plant has died yeah. I'm like you have died yeah. because yeah. I've not done this that will be other exactly you learn from it so I think that's probably why I don't really remember any but there will have been squillions <laughs> yeah people say to me all the time they go oh you're so green fingered you've got like the magic touch and I'm like I don't think you realize how many plants I kill in a year at the allotment yeah I just yeah. you don't you don't sit there and take all the photos of all the plants you've killed being like oh yeah look at me look at all these plants that died in the yeah. drought <laughs> <laughs> exactly and also when someone says that they're not green fingered and I'm just like you are like everyone we are humans like our species is 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 born to be outside like we're born to understand the trees and um you know what's edible and to to hunt you know like I'm not saying hunt as in for animals I'm vegan (laughs) but we are like you know we are born to be outside and forage and and be outside and 
and be in nature. So every single person can find their green fingers because everybody has it. It's just those of us who grow um, kind of found our green fingers that sometimes kill plants as well. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's all a big learning curve. <laughs> It is, it never, and it never. It doesn't matter how many years you garden. Like every year is different. Every year is a learning curve. Every year I learn something new. There's new science. There's new technology. There's new plant discoveries. And then just in your own garden, you know, like you will learn what did or didn't grow, what did or didn't like those conditions. It's just it never ends, and that's why it's such an amazing thing to do. And why it's always so exciting because you you don't know what's going to happen one year to the next. No, no. it's not like you're repeating the same year. It's not Groundhog Day. <laughs> no, no, thank goodness for that. Uh, <laughs> it isn't. And that's the fun of it. Exactly. Like you said, like um, last year I had really amazing carrots. Like, yeah, that's a good point. I had amazing carrots last year. All like rainbow carrots, all the colours, the purples and orange and white. And they were ace and they tasted amazing. And then this year they were covered in aphids, very mm-hmm. small. I did get some, like some were fine. But then the, the longer I left them, the more like aphids they got and they would just look awful. Um so yeah you never really know each year what's going to happen and that's that puts a bit of spark in your life doesn't it definitely um well it has been so wonderful chatting to you thank you so much for coming on um losing my voice by the end of this um (laughs) before you go can you let everyone know where all of the wonderful places where they can find more about you more about your books podcasts anything you'd like to plug oh yes thank you first of all thank you so much for having me on like I can sit and chat gardening with you forever I don't know if you can you hear that noise in the background can you hear that no not at all okay so I'm sorry I have a utility room and it has just started absolutely hammering down with rain <laughs> oh, and it's no. hitting the it's hitting the roof yeah um Okay, so um, you can find me at ellenmarygardening.co.uk. That's my website. And then on all social media, Ellen Mary Gardening. And peopleplantswellbeing.com um, is where you'll find all the wellbeing stuff and the podcast is People Plants Wellbeing. And uh, if you are interested in plants in general, so whether that's clothing, food, gardening, that's the plant-based podcast. Um, and my books are The Joy of Gardening and How to Grow a Garden. And can I'll you hear that in yet? the show notes? No. I can't believe you can't hear the noise. It is so loud. It's like silent behind your speech. Wow, that's incredible. Like it's so noisy. Sorry. Okay, yeah. So the book Joy, The Joy of Gardening is more about um how to link um kind of well-being to your gardening practices and how to grow gardening is a, you know, it's how to grow a thriving garden, but generally for beginners, but there's stuff in there for everybody. I I learned a lot. The plant labels, cool. there was a lot on the plant labels that I didn't know. Yeah. Cool. I never really look at them when I go to the garden centre. I pick up the pretty plant and then I go, you, oh, it's died. <laughs> you do the temptation buy. Do you know yeah. what? I'm After this, I'm literally meeting my friend at the garden centre. And I can almost guarantee you I will come away with a temptation buy. That temptation never stops. You have to <laughs> let me know what you get. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> uh, have a lovely day and hopefully we will see each other again next year. I know I look forward to seeing everything that you're doing as well you know with your flower farm and what you might do at shows in the future as well like it's so lovely to see you there and you know and being so successful and bringing so much enthusiasm as well to horticulture so that's massively appreciated and thank you for the podcast and chatting today oh thank you 
you've enjoyed listening today, please do subscribe to keep up to date with upcoming episodes and leave a review. Each share, comment and star rating makes such a difference in helping new growers to find the podcast and learn from all of the incredible guests who have been featured. In the meantime, I'd love to hear any of your stories and questions on Instagram at Diary of a Lady Gardener or via email diaryofaladygardener at gmail.com. That's all from me this week. Happy growing! Mm-hmm.